Let's begin. Let's read in Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read a few verses this morning. Genesis chapter 12, reading verses 1 through 4. Verse 1, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd bless this time in your word. Help us not to just hear your word, Lord, but to respond to it. And free us, Lord, from small thinking that limits the great things you want to do. Be glorified in all that we do this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> Before we get started, I just want to give a little shout out to uh, Rachel and Haley. They're up here on the worship team. Um, we're going to be talking about getting out of our comfort zone. Rachel and Haley graduated from uh, eighth grade a few years ago. Now they're, this morning, they're going to be teaching with this, the junior high. So I just want to give a shout out to them. That it takes so much for youth to get out of their comfort zone and to share with other youth to teach the word. So that's a little bit of encouragement. So this morning, we're going to be talking about getting out of our comfort zone. A few weeks ago, I had some repairs done on my car at South Center, and I was without a car and hanging out at South Center. So I saw this sign that said something about back store or something. I've had my share of lower back problems, so I went into the, you know, the store just thinking I'd check it out, sat in one of those seats where, whoo, you kind of flip backwards like you're going to fall over, but then... I found, we're talking about getting out of a comfort zone, I found the chair, okay? To get in this chair, you have to take your shoes off, okay? Because these little things grip your feet, and they grip your arms, and they grip your thighs, and they grip your neck, and I sat down in this chair, and really, honestly, after about 10 minutes, I could have cared less when my car was done. <laughs> I mean, it was just, the comfort zone was just so great, and here's the point that we're talking about this morning. Sometimes we define the zone in a way that's not at all consistent with the sphere of influence that God would like to expand in our lives. Sometimes we define this zone that this is my comfort zone, this is what I'm comfortable with, and it's not consistent with this expanding sphere of influence that God wants to have in our lives. And in the process, we miss the blessings because we're afraid or more likely for me, for probably most of us, we just plain don't want to deal with the hassles of getting out of our comfort zone. So I want to ask the question, why should I get out of my comfort zone? Why should, you know, honest question, why should I get out of my comfort zone and be involved in missions? Now, one of the reasons we're looking at missions today specifically is because Kevin has now reached chapter 13 in our verse-by-verse -verse study through the book of Acts. And we begin now in the book of Acts this great expanse of missionary journeys that Paul had. So it's a perfect time to kind of take a little bit of an overview of why missions. Now, why should I get out of my comfort zone? I want to look at five brief passages in Genesis, the Gospel, Acts, Paul's letters, and Revelation. I guarantee you 
This is a flyover, okay? We're not going to go through an exhaustive every verse in the Bible that talks about missions. A brief flyover. When we get done, my hope is that, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I kind of hang around the world map out in the hallway. When we get done, you're going to understand why. If I catch you standing by the map, usually it's about, some of you guys know, some of you guys have actually been to Myanmar or been to Uganda because I caught you looking at the map. You're going to understand why I hang around the map. And when I see somebody there, I go over and I say, you're interested in going somewhere? What's, what's your passion? What are you involved in? So we're going to begin in Genesis chapter 12, the first mission trip. Genesis chapter 12, we read the verses earlier. Uh, I want to draw your attention to one little phrase in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 4. And I didn't put the whole verse on the screen, so I'm encouraging you to look along with me. The reason I put a few of the verses is because we are looking at a flyby overview. But turn with me to 12. We'll look at verses 1 through 4. And the part I want to draw your attention to, it says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. And check this little phrase out. To a land I will show you. Now how many of you would sign a contract? If someone said, okay, here's the contract. You're going to do this and it's just to a land that I will show you. How many of you would sign that contract? None of us would sign that contract. We would say, what exactly is this land that you have in mind? Where exactly am I going to go? None of us would sign that legal contract. What exactly is the destination? I was at a pastor's conference, and Lynn Ellis, who directs the missions stuff at Overlake Christian Church, she, she shared this great story that really fits in. She was going on one of their first mission trips to China, and right before she left for the trip, they called her and they said, no one's going to meet you at the airport because we're having troubles right now. So when you get there, just trust the Holy Spirit, and he'll show you what you need to do. So here's a group of missions pastors. It's this retreat center. Mission pastors from Oregon and Washington were all listening to her talk. And she said, this is how our mission trips go. We paint a school. We have a snack. We get on a bus. We go home and we have a meal. And sometimes when we do our mission trips, it's just like that. It's totally planned and totally organized. But God asked Abram to leave his home and to trust God that God would show him where he would, where he would work. And the point I want to make, the one point I want to drive home today repeatedly, you can trust God. You sign, God is the only person you can sign a blank piece of paper and say, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And you'll be in, you'll be in good hands. In fact, in the long run, your life will be blessed. <clears throat> I got an email a few weeks ago from uh, World Relief. We partner with World Relief in the Kent area. World Relief is an amazing organization. They reach out to refugees in, the, in all over the world or right here in Kent. So the email said, Calvary Chapel South, we need a house for a 14, 11 people family from Afghanistan for the month of May. And I read that email, a house that people could, for 11 people to stay in, kids from the ages of 1 through 14. And I read that email and I sort of forwarded it on a little bit, but inside something happened. And I know this happens to you guys. I know we all, this is our comfort zone. Inside something happened and I said, it's not going to happen. I don't know if you do that. And I forwarded it, and I didn't think much of it. And then again, at this missions pastors conference, at the conference, a bunch of us mission pastors are gathered, and the hostess told us that some of the workers at the conference aren't believers, and just that we might want to love on them and reach out to them. And that one of the workers was getting married that Saturday, and so the mission pastor from Maple Valley, Maple Valley Press, he, uh, he approached her and talked to her and found out that she didn't have a, um, enough money to have a honeymoon. 
And so one of the other leaders at our general meetings put out a basket and said, hey, you know, we found this out. If anybody wants to donate, well, there's $500 came in. And at the last day of the pastor's conference, they called the gal and said, hey, you know, we just want to love on you. We want to share this for you to, got, you to have a, a, a honeymoon. And she just started to cry. And it was then that it brought back to my memory this whole thing about this Afghan family. Why is it that we limit ourselves? Why is it that we limit ourselves? God really used that to challenge me. Don't we want to have the full sphere of influence that God wants for us? Do we really want to stay in our comfort zone? I called World Relief uh, before this, this Sunday, and I asked them, I said, hey, is that still open? Is there still an opportunity? They said, well, we think we filled that, but next time. Wouldn't that be cool? Calvary Chapel South, we were the, the, the church that hosted that family. The other part in this verse I want to draw your attention to is it says in verse 2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. The whole idea that God, that if we give to missions, then God will bless us can get really mixed up. Abraham did receive a great blessing. He got the land that was filled with what? Milk and honey. He, got, he became rich in all of his um, cattle and, and his herds. But Abraham also had a huge battle to fight in the land of Israel. There are huge sacrifices involved in missions, and I'm not going to candy coat that. We, we arrived in Panama in 1992. In 1995, three of our coworkers were murdered by Colombian guerrillas. And it, you know, what was their crime? What did they do? They just were reaching out, planting a church with the Kuna tribe in a Pucaro village, which was right on the frontier, frontera, or right on the border with Colombia. There was nothing they did that deserved that, just for taking the gospel to the Kuna people. So this is not to give missions. This is not give to missions and God will give you a Cadillac. But there is a definite blessing, and we're going to talk about that later. Because I am going to challenge you that if you say to God, here's a blank piece of paper, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I am going to challenge you. That's going to be the best life you could ever lead. Okay, if we move on to the next one, and we're just, again, doing a flyover of a few verses in Scripture, but kind of strategic because we hit Genesis. Now we're going to talk about the Gospels. Genesis, a challenge to missions. Gospels, a challenge to missions. Each one of the Gospel writers gives us a challenge to take the Gospel to all the world. Mark, I'm gonna, we're going to look at John. That's the one we're going to actually look. You don't have to turn with me, but I just want to give you an overview of the other gospel writers, how they handled it. Mark, who was, in my mind, the gospel writer that wrote with junior hires in mind, because he wrote concisely and briefly and kept the action moving, he said, in simple words, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How complex is that? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, Matthew, on the other hand, is a lot more detailed. Matthew gets into the details of all authority has been given to Jesus, and he says, go. Authority is important. I was at Cheney Stadium the other day for an a Olive Crest uh, parenting, adoptive parent uh, event that they had down there. And I wanted to explore because I had never been to Cheney Stadium, but I was kind of wondering, do I have the authority to go in every room or walk around, or do I need to stay in the conference center? But Matthew tells us that Jesus said, all authority is given to us. Matthew also tells us that in, in admissions, we're not starting a club. It's not notches on our belt. How many people accepted Christ? He says, after people accept Christ, teach the word. Teach the word and disciple. And the last thing he says in Matthew, again, we're just getting an overview, is he comforts us with these words. He says, um, wherever you go, he says, exactly, I've commanded you, and lo, 
I am with you always. Because sometimes being on the mission field is pretty tough. Holly is taking a group of our folks here to India in a few months to go work in a camp where teenage prostitutes, teenage girls who've been prostitutes in India are taken off to these camps and tried to to be loved on and given the encouragement that, that God loves them. And Matthew says, and I am with you right there. God is right there with Holly and her team when she's in India. Luke, who's the doctor, the way he handles it is he kind of talks about healing when he talks about missions. He says in 2447 that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Luke, the medical doctor, says remission of sins, that forgiveness, that's the healing that's the reason we go into all nations is the healing touch that God has. And the one verse I want you to actually read, read with me, we're in John chapter 20. I love the way John handles the Great Commission. When he had said this, I'm in verse 21 of John chapter 20. And look at it with me if you have your iPhones or your Bibles. You're not, and you're not reading your emails. <laughs> when he had said this, what he said was, peace be with you. He showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. In verse 21, so Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Some of you guys are kind of grown up in some of the churches that sing the the great missionary hymn, So Send I You. I can remember the first time I sang that. I didn't grow up singing hymns. I was at Bible school. I decided to be involved in missions great missionary hymn that talks about laboring unrewarded dying to self serving hearts made hard by hatred and the last line says so send i you to taste of calvary so john is talking about relationship now we're going to go to the third verse that we're going to look at in sort of our flyby of the whole scriptures why are we talking about this answering the question why should i leave the comfort zone for missions here's a clear biblical theme that runs through scripture. Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, which is like Kent for us or Des Moines or whatever town you live in or in Kent, in Jerusalem, in all Judea, which is like the state of Washington it was, Jerusalem was in the state of Judea. So in Kent, in Washington, and in Samaria. Samaria is a hard one to nail down. Because Samaria was a neighboring state that everybody from Judea didn't like. So I don't know if we have that. Do we have a neighboring state that everyone here doesn't like? I mean, I hate to start mentioning Idaho. Is it Oregon? Is it Alaska? My daughter's Canadian, so is it Canadian? Uh, but there was this one state that everybody liked that didn't like, and That's Samaria. And then this is the key point to the end of the earth. So the thing I really like about that is God's not sending us on any task that he's not empowering us to do. God's going to ask you to do something. And I'm challenging you to get out of your comfort zone. I'm challenging myself. He will empower you to do it. It says, but you shall receive power. And the other thing I really like about this, because now we're talking strategy. I love to think strategy and missions. This strategy is that it starts at home, okay? This is not go to Mozambique, your family's falling apart, 
your local town, your church is having all these issues. Well, just go to Mozambique and be a missionary. This is right here at home in your family with your husband and wife, your mom and dad, your kids, your local church. Starts in Jerusalem. Starts in Kent. One of the coolest Bible studies ever. One of the absolute best Bible studies I have ever seen happen in the junior high. I oversee the junior high ministry. Was when we had a team that were going to Myanmar. And they were studying this Bible study technique, which was storytelling. And in the storytelling technique, you had to memorize the story. So the team that was headed to Myanmar all the way, I mean, if you've made that flight, it's a miserable flight. It's forever just to get halfway there. When I, when I was in Thailand, I didn't know where I was. I couldn't set my clock. I was so tired from all the travel. But the team's going to Myanmar way away to the ends of the earth. Well, they came in and they practiced their teaching they were going to do overseas in our junior high. It's the best study we've ever had in junior high. Part of it is because God loves missions. Part of it is because in that study, they had to memorize the whole, they couldn't use any notes. But it's not, there's not an over there and an over here. It's, it's everywhere. It's here and there. Um, Olive Crest is a ministry that I was at that, it was at Cheney Stadium for a luncheon. Basically, it doesn't matter what event it is. If it's got a lunch involved, I mean, I'm the outreach pastor. It's like, <laughs> cool. But this was really fun because Olive Crest has this safe families ministry that they're trying to get going. And I sat at a table with another church that had just got it going. And we could do that. That's a, a, a whole other discussion, but it's a system that avoids the entire DSHS process. And parents can take a kid who's in crisis before he gets into the system. And that's right here, right here in Kent, or Kent Elementary, the outreach that we can do there. It's right here and it's overseas. So now we'll look at another strategy question. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 15 and 16. Again, I'm not putting all the verses up. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of a nutshell. If you can turn there with me. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 15 and 16. Again, we're asking the question, why should I get out of the comfort zone? Chapter 2 Corinthians 10, verse 15 and 16 says, Verse 15, not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, check this out, you shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. Greatly enlarged in the sphere of influence that you have. Verse 16, to preach the gospel in regions beyond to preach the gospel in regions beyond, beyond you, and not to boast another man's sphere of accomplishment. Starting it at home, definite strategy. But then I tell you what, if we look at our, at our bigger picture on what we want to do in missions, here at Calvary Chapel South, number one priority is pioneer mission work, the regions beyond. Kind of stuff that you're not going to find on our webpage. Okay, my goal is that almost all of our mission stuff that's our main stuff that we're doing, you're not going to find it on the webpage. Okay, Jonathan, who we've talked to, we, I met with Les when we were in Myanmar. He works in printing in Myanmar for gospel outreaches in Myanmar. You can't put his story on the webpage. Jonathan, when he was a little kid, the military in Myanmar came to his house, conscripted him as a slave laborer, and made him carry stuff for the military for months or years. I don't know the time. That's not going to be on our webpage. That's the regions beyond because 
Myanmar is the fifth worst human rights violation country in the world. We're not going to put that on our webpage. That's going to that's be horrible for Jonathan. So the regions beyond is a, is, a, is a fundamental vision that we have for missions at Calvary Chapel South. I'll give you the, just a, a nutshell of what we want to do in missions. Number one, pioneer work where the gospel has not been preached or it's in a difficult location. Number two, relieve human suffering, especially where there's vulnerable kids or vulnerable people groups, and especially where there's a strong church influence along with that, that aid. And the third one is all about relationship. That's why I love John's, so send I you. Reach out and touch me. Here's, here's the reason you're going. It's all about relationship. Members of our church that are going overseas, grassroots things that are being, that are being talked about or, or brought up at our church. These are relationship issues and we're highly interested in that. So let's look at Revelation chapter five and verse nine. If you notice, this, the, we've looked at scripture and I, I've kind of tried to give you a brief overview. Notice the pattern here. This isn't a theme that you find in 2 Kings, and that's it. This is a theme you find in Genesis, you find in the Gospels, you find it in Paul's letters to the early church, and you find it in Revelation. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. It says, they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. That sounds a lot like Kent. Kent is one of the most multicultural cities in America. One of the highest Somali population. We have a huge uh, Burmese population. We are right in a place that is so critical for this. And I, when I read this verse, I thought of John and Ada Jean in uh, in. China, working with the Tibet people. John spent 22 years of his life translating the new translation of the Tibetan Bible. Imagine John when he gets to heaven. John and Ada Jean, having given their entire lives to see the Bible, the, the, the updated translation done for the Tibetan people. Imagine him getting to heaven and this great chorus, this great worship time, and there's all these Tibetan Amdo believers with John in heaven. I mean, I, that for me as a missions pastor, as an outreach pastor, is one of the coolest things I could imagine. So let me, let me kind of look at a couple things here to wrap this up. We've gone through the whole of Scripture and looked at sort of a bird's eye view, a flyover. It's clear that missions is a theme in the Scripture. But let me just say one thing. It's not easy. 1 Corinthians 16.9 says, For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. That's the way it works. Isn't that the way it works when you remodel your kitchen? <laughs> a great, I mean, we did that. A great and effective door is open to me. I found the right countertop or the right, but man, there are many adversaries. Anything that's good, it's a challenge to get it done. It's not, it's not easy. And in missions, it is a challenge, and, but there's a wide door that's open to us. I think of the community meal. Five years ago, Kevin and Reva came and said they wanted to do the community meal. Well, to be honest with you, one of the greatest adversaries they had at the time was me. I made it hard for them. I said, okay, you're going to have to do this, this. The last five years, the first years they did that, they did it by themselves practically. And it was difficult. 
But over the years, it has transformed our church as we reach out to the Kent community. People come here because they get free dental work. They get haircuts. They get free meals. They get loved on. They get received. We are affecting our community, but it was a difficult door to walk through. If you ask Kevin and Reva, I know they'll tell you it's not been an easy ride. Um, one of our new partners in missions is uh, uh, Brian and Celia Stewart. They work in Cuba. And Cuba has, very, has been interesting to me. I've wanted to work in more of the Hispanic countries, but I really wanted to focus on unreached areas, and Cuba is one of those areas. So we've got new mission partners, Brian and Celia. He's spoken here. We're going to have him back to speak. But he sent me a book that he edited, and in it was a story about his, uh, the, the founder of, his, of the mission organization he's with, with called Action International. Action International's headquarters is in Montlake Terrace. Very few larger mission organizations are all in what, Denver or Colorado or somewhere? But they're right here now in, in uh, Mount Lake Terrace. He sent me this book and it tells a story I want to read to you kind of as we wrap things up a little bit about Doug Nichols, the founder. Doug Nichols, the founder of Action International, uh, contracted tuberculosis in India when he worked there. And he was forced because of his TB into a TB sanitarium. At the time, he was not well-funded, well-supported, did not have a lot of money. He was in a free government sanitarium. And Doug, his heart was always the same, wanted to hand out Christian literature. He didn't speak the language, but he had Christian literature. No one would take the literature. The nurses, the doctors, the people refused him. So he would wake up sometimes at 2 o'clock in the morning coughing, and, you know, feeling their tuberculosis effects. He, old, he noticed an older, sicker man in another bed. And the older, sicker man than he was, I mean, this guy was way more advanced, was trying to sit up. He was kind of moaning and trying to sit up. And he didn't know what was going on. The next morning, he realized that the man was trying to just get up and go to the restroom. The nurse came in, and the care in this hospital was not the best in the sanitarium. The nurse came in and slapped the old man for making such a mess. And the old man curled up into a ball, and he wept. And the following day, Doug heard the older, sicker man again in the night trying to get up. And we're talking about comfort zone, right? This hospital or sanitarium smelled terrible, let alone having to deal with somebody in that kind of a situation. So Doug got out of his bed. He walked over to the older man. And as soon as he touched him, the older man's eyes widened with fear. Until he realized that Doug was there trying to, without being able to communicate his language, trying to help him get to the restroom. So he helped him to the restroom, helped him take care of what he needed to take care of. And as Doug laid the old man back in his bed after taking him to the restroom, the old man kissed him on the cheek and said something to him in a language that he didn't understand. And the next day, Doug's in his bed, in his bed in the sanitarium, and some other patient that he didn't know woke him up with a steaming hot cup of tea and somehow with his hands motioned, I'd like to have one of those tracks. And others in the hospital began to receive the tracks. Doug found out later that several in the hospital accepted the Lord as their savior. And uh, the smells in the hospital were overwhelming. This was far from the comfort zone, but the results made it all worthwhile. I want to talk a little bit about... Um, it's all worthwhile, okay? Because I believe firmly that if you take a blank piece of paper and you say to God, whatever you want me to do, I sign it right here. 
I firmly believe that that will be the best thing you could ever do in your life. That God's not going to send you to the worst country in the world. Now, this illustration I was thinking of, I've been thinking of it for days now. I'm going to share it. It's a, I'm going to tell you right up front, it's a goofy illustration. Okay, I'm just, I'm just preparing you. Mario Brothers. Okay, have I been working with junior high too long or what? All right, Mario Brothers. In the game Mario Brothers, and I'm a, I'm a pinball guy. I, I did not do Mario Brothers. But from what I gather in Mario Brothers, when you're moving along the game, you, I have seen this. You jump up and you grab those little mushrooms or the little things. And each time you grab them, you get a power. You get more life. You get, I mean, I don't know all the details. But you get these little things as you grab the, the little deals. It's a corny illustration, but let me, let me say honestly that if you're moving forward in mission with God in life, and I'm not saying you have to go overseas, but if you're moving forward in mission and you've said, God, what you want me to do, I will do it. It's like each step of the way, there are blessings that God gives you. Granted, they're not all financial, right? We get that. We understand that, that some of the blessings are characters developed in your life, and maybe you're a single person, characters developed in your life as you move forward in the mission that God has for you and you're drawn, someone's drawn to you because of the character that was developed in your life because you're moving forward in what God had for you. Or your kids, you go on a mission trip, I highly encourage you to take your kids to Uganda. Visit the orphanage. Sit down with three or four boys that are 12 and introduce your son who's 12 to these three or four boys and talk about when was the last time somebody got them a brand new pair of soccer cleats. And let, and let your family just get their head around about such a blessing that we have here. And that's one of those little ka-ching, things that you reach for. If you stand still in Mario Brothers, what happens? I really don't know. You fall off, you fall in a ditch. I don't know where you go, but something bad happens if you don't go forward in Mario Brothers. <laughs> there are blessings that follow obedience, and it's not always about money. Um, in John 20, Pete, Jesus talked about peace being with you. Um, I think one of the highest blessings of being involved in mission and moving forward in mission is this whole idea of there is an abundant life that God has for us. And I have the recliner at my house. You guys all do. Most of you do. You know the kind of recliner I'm talking about where the little thing that you put your chips on is just right in hand's reach. You don't even have to get up from the recliner. The light switch to turn on the light if you have to mess with the remote. You don't even have to get out of your chair because you got it figured out. So you just pull the little thing and it's right there by the remote. I get the comfort thing. I get it that it's comfortable. But honestly, what's a doctor going to say to you about sitting in your recliner all the time? Honestly, it's going it's to mess your cholesterol up. You're going to miss out. I mean, there's such cool stuff out there to do and to see but you rest, we restrict God by saying, it's okay, I'm not even gonna think about hosting 11 people in my house. Think about it. I tell you, one of the most, most fun experiences I have ever had in missions, outside of missions, just in life in general, was at one opportunity, we were taking a Bible study from the village we were in and we were going to a, a farther away village. It was all by foot. We didn't have a car, which by the way, ka-ching, 12 years without a car and walking, my dad had a heart attack at 42. I had 12 years without a car and without a refrigerator and that helped my health. That was a huge blessing in my health. I mean, there's, there's blessings, but there's one time we we're taking the, the, a Bible study to a village. We had to cross this little stream. We'd done it many times. 
It was just a little stream. We waded through it, and we, it was a great hike. And we hiked up the other side and went to this other village and had a Bible study. We had this basket full of these really cool Bible stories, these Bible pictures. And the Bugletti tribe loved to sit down and, and do Bible studies. So one of the times I'm traveling with this uh, guy that I was working with at the time, his name was Geronimo, Geronimo. We're traveling, we get to the river, and this day, I mean, I had never seen anything like it in my life. The river was flooded. And I'm talking, the stream that was normally like this was completely swim, you have to swim to get across it. There's no way you're going to cross it. So I get to the stream, and I look at Geronimo, and I think, obviously, we're going home. And Geronimo goes, we're not going home. So he goes upstream, and he, and he showed me that if you go upstream and swim diagonally, he swam diagonally to a big rock in the middle of the flooded river, and then jumped from that rock and swam diagonally to the other side of the river, and then got a vine and threw it across the river, and I tied the basket to it. And then he's looking at me like, I'm going to come across. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm the typical missionary that's got glasses and, you know, cannot, can hardly, you know, I'm not the most athletic guy to do this thing. I'm not Tarzan. Let me put it that way. So I'm looking at him, but I'm thinking, you know, let's get out of our comfort zone a little bit. So I put my glasses in my little zipper pocket in my little Eddie Bauer shorts. You know, I mean, it's like typical, you know, and I go up to where he showed me to go and I dive in the river and I land on the rock. You know, I'm like, I made it, you know, I can't see anything because I don't have my glasses on and I swim across the other, other side. And I guess the point that I'm trying to make is if you get out of your comfort zone, it's a great place to be. Don't let yourselves get to the point where it's all restricted and you're only going to do what you're comfortable with. So, I mean, even if it's something simple, we're hosting the uh, World Relief Refugee Christmas Party again this year. Something simple. Come to the party. Bake cookies for the party. I was here last year. I sat at a family right there that was from, with a family from Afghanistan, had an incredible, wonderful conversation. Mom, dad, the kids. Um, I just got an invitation the other day to go speak at a Bible study for a Bhutanese family or a Bhutanese group here in Kent. Step out of the comfort zone. Some of you, it's gonna be really hard. Some of you were talking, just order something different at the restaurant, okay? <laughs> just order something different or go to a different Go to a different restaurant. For, for 10 years, my wife wanted to go to Thai restaurants. And I said, I'm not going to Thai restaurant. I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of resources. And it was like, if we're going out to, restaurant, to a restaurant, I'm getting what I want. <laughs> Guys relate? You know what I'm talking about? So finally, we go to a restaurant. I found cashew chicken. That is awesome. When I was in Myanmar, everywhere we went, I was afraid I was going to get sick. I said, cashew chicken? <laughs> I had cashew chicken constantly. The best cashew chicken I've ever had in my life was in Thailand on the way home. I mean, it's a blessing to step out of your comfort zone. And it doesn't need to be a dramatic calling. If I was to call, talk to you guys about a calling to mission, if you come to my office as a missions pastor and say, hey, I feel this calling to missions. I'm a little leery if I get this, this extravagant call to mission. We had a group come and share with the high school a few years ago from YWAM Youth with a Mission. They were amazing. So one guy was a medical doctor, had given his life to be involved in missions. <clears throat> and they had this little, this little thing they did for the youth. The medical doctor gets up and he goes, let me tell you how I was challenged to missions. And he says, I was walking down the street and he tells this insane story. And a coconut fell on my head and I knew God was speaking to me. Then I saw a monkey grab the coconut and climb up a tree and God was saying, go. And the other guy goes, 
did that really happen? And the guy goes, no, I just, I just looked in scripture and the overwhelming evidence said go into all the world. So I just decided to go, but that was really boring. And <laughs> the point is, it's just, that's all you need. If you come to my office and say, God's calling me to go, it's right here in scripture. So if you say, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. You know, the chances of God sending you to a country that you really hate are very slim. Okay, if you say that. Here's what's more likely to happen. You're going to lead a Christian motorcycle association group and have a bunch of hogs riding out over the, over the sunset and supporting some missionary in Myanmar. <laughs> so if, you, if you're at all challenged by missions today, here's what, here's what I'd like to propose. Have we got a deal for you? We're starting a class called the Perspectives class. In January, we're going to host the class this is going to be the most difficult church class you have ever taken, except for men in turn, which was really hard. But this is going to be the most difficult class you've ever taken. It's got homework. It's a college accredited class if you want to pay that and, and get it as a college accredited class. We're partnering with Grace Community, some other churches in the area. Uh, Rich Greer is going to lead it. It's a long course. I think it's 15 weeks. But if you're even remotely challenged to missions, take the Perspectives class. You got nothing to lose and it will open your mind in great ways to missions. And the other thing is that we have spent the last five years vetting a bunch of mission agencies. And I'm telling you what, right now I am so excited about the mission agencies, agencies we've partnered with. Um, World Relief is doing an amazing job. They're right up the street. You can go down there and just sit in an English class with people from all over the world. Young Life, there's a huge mission field in our public schools. Young Life's one of the best groups reaching out to those groups. I could go on and on, and if you come and you want more details, I'd love to get you hooked in and get you connected to different mission groups. But let's go ahead and, and stand and pray, and then our, our worship team can come up and lead us in the last song. Father, I just, I pray you'd, you'd bless your word this morning. God, I pray that the, the illustrations and the, um, the stories, Lord, those are not the things that we build our life upon. God, we have built our lives, our lives upon your word. Our faith in you as our savior and the forgiveness of our sins because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and on that alone. And Lord, as we talk about going into the ends of the earth, Father, Help us to build our doctrine and our faith and our mission program on your word. I thank you, God, that our church has been a church that we work with over the last five years, has been a church that is hardly equaled in its passion for mission. Lord, I, I look around as I, as I share up here, and there's so many that humble me in their commitment to mission. Father, I pray that, that you would, though, expand our influence personally in our families with our children in our marriages in our community Lord expand our influence and if God's tugging on your heart this morning there's folks here that will be, be willing to pray with you on either side of, this, of the stage if, if you've thought at some point in your life where it says so send I you that that was talking to you would you come forward would you be prayed for connect with Steve or with Greg our missions committee team Connect with 
our pastors, Lord. Don't, don't let the sphere of influence that God has for you slip by today, Lord. Father, I ask that you would um, continue to send us as, as a church to the ends of the earth, Lord. And, and bless us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.